say hello to Floyd Little and Jim Brown, Sean Tucker in the orange record books with his fifth touchdown of the game. All across CNY. Kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. It's the 315. Hardy faking feeds the great Jameson. He scores! Here's Brian Higgins. And good Monday afternoon, one and all. Welcome in. Lots to do. Little time today. It's a sprint of a show. We got women's soups coming up. Opening tip of the Felicia Leggett Jack era at 3.30. Our pregame coverage will start here at 3.15 with Tim Leonard. So uh, we got we to gotta speed through this one today. Step on the gas. Keep it moving. Lots to get to. Women's opener today. Men's opener tonight against Lehigh. Football happened. Boy, did it. We'll talk to Adam Terry coming up at 2.30 because it's a Monday. That's what we do on Monday. We talk to Adam. We'll see how he's feeling about it all a few days after the fact. A rough one. Rough one Saturday for the Orange. That's probably being kind, yes? Not a lot of good happened on Saturday, unfortunately. Three regular season games left to get back on track and a bowl game. And these next three games are uh, very directly going to control what kind of bowl game the Orange get to. T-shirt or winter jacket? And if it goes like Saturday did, a parka will be the preference. Potentially back-to-back visits to Boston and the the Fenway Bowl if it goes like that to end the season as the uh, season finale is with Boston College. But we shall see. And the big question this week is the health of one Garrett Schrader. And again, a question that presumably will go unanswered, officially anyway, until kickoff time when Florida State uh, comes to the Dome. 8 o'clock kick. we got back-to-back 8 o'clock kick coming, kicks coming up, ACC Network. Saturday, Florida State. Next Saturday, Wake Forest down in Winston-Salem. The Orange have been a team of the night this year. And we'll see if uh, the night treats them well yet again with uh, the next couple weeks. But we'll uh, get into those games as uh, the week goes along. Tom Block from the Florida State Radio Network will join us on Wednesday on the program to talk Knowles. And the Knowles have been talking, man. They just smacked, and I mean smacked, Miami over the weekend. Remember when those games were decided by a field goal every year? Yeah, not what happened. 45-3, to get out. Canes are a-struggling this year. But we'll talk Knowles later on in the week. We'll talk a little bit of basketball all later on in the program today. We'll get much more into it tomorrow, I think, on the backside of it. But we'll we'll preview the tonight's games and this afternoon's games a little bit. But uh, you're going to hear the games on our airwaves here today. Women's basketball right here on ESPN 97.7. And men's basketball down the hall around the corner on TK99. Or up your dial. Unless you've broken into the building and you're looking for a place to listen. But anyway, uh, that's the show. We'll hear a little bit of Dino Babers, his press conference this morning, as we do every Monday here on the program. And when we get toward the end of the hour, we're talking football, we're talking basketball. I'm going to tell you what's the best team on campus right now up on the hill. And it's none of the teams that we're going to start the show talking about today. One of them had a very impressive win last night, at least impressive in the style that they pulled it off in the ACC tournament. So we'll tell you about that. Later on in the program today, the best team on the Syracuse campus right now. And uh, really, it ain't close. 
the way they are playing, and that is a compliment to them more than a shout at anybody else. But let's get into the football game. 19-9 Pittsburgh. We knew several things going in. It is always tough to win there. Since there was built, not the city, the stadium, formerly Heinz Field, currently Acrisure Stadium, opened in 2001. The Orange won there in 2001. They played there every other year essentially since. It got flipped. They played back-to-back home games one year. Not important. They played there every other year since and have lost all of those times. Could it turn around on Saturday? No was the answer. The question going into the game, injuries. Who's getting on that plane? Who's going to the stadium? Who's going to suit up? Well, Garrett Schrader suited up, but only for warm-ups. By the time Tomet Leather, 3.30 Saturday afternoon, Garrett's jersey was back in the locker room, his warm-up complete and his day done. His job only as pregame decoy. And it was Carlos Del Rio Wilson time. I thought he'd play better. Now, guy's in a tough spot. Road game, first career start. A pit defense that's talented and not quite played up to its talent yet this season. Boy, sure did they on Saturday. That defensive line controlled things for Pittsburgh on defense. Orange O-line got no push going forward. And Del Rio Wilson, first career start. Ball wasn't coming out quick. It's not that he was holding it forever, but he didn't have a lot of time, and he used all of it and got hit a lot and was spraying throws and the whole deal. It was a tough day for him. And you know what? Backup quarterbacks have tough days, and they have tough days a lot more often than starting quarterbacks do. We talked about that last week, the orange dismal record over the last decade with a backup quarterback in there. Not that anyone has a good one, but the oranges is particularly putrid. And that continued on Saturday. So what's the main takeaway? Hey, that Garrett Schrader guy's kind of important, huh? Bold statement, I know. Oh, you're telling me the starting quarterback's important. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The starting quarterback is important. But even more important, I think, than you realize. Because we we told you about the idea, and I thought last week, I and this was not, that I would take a healthy Carlos Del Rio Wilson over a healthy Garrett Schrader. That was never what I was thinking. But I thought of all of the Orange recent backups that Del Rio Wilson, given his talent level, for the people that say stars matter, no, they don't, whatever. Well, he's got more stars as a recruit than Schrader did, than Tommy DeVito did, than Nunji did. He's got the highest rated of Orange uh, quarterbacks out of high school going back a long time. That... Given a week to prepare, not that he was going to be a superstar, but I thought he I thought he would do better. And this is not a shot on him. This is a compliment to Garrett Schrader. When last season ended, and Dino Babers brought in Robert and I and Jason Beck, yeah, they changed up the offense, but they were able to do in the offseason what they were unable to do completely during the year last year when the switch was made from DeVito to Schrader. And that was change the offense to tailor it to your quarterback's needs and skills and emphasize those skills. And that is what we saw during the 6-0 start this year. A quarterback that had an offense that worked hand-in-glove with what he was good at. 
And boy, was he good for six games. The good and bad of that is, and it's the right thing to do, hey, if you've got good players and you say, okay, our people are Schrader and Tucker, and then we saw that evolve during the season, add in Gedston. Offense is tailored so those players can make the necessary plays so you can win games. And the Orange won six in a row doing that. But you lose the head of the snake when your quarterback is out. And this is what teams in Syracuse's level have a hard time doing. Now, if you are, and this is a short list, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, we're not going to go much further, and you lose your quarterback, you generally have another guy that at least is of the same pedigree and profile. Not of the same experience, but you have another guy that at some point in life people can have expected can play the same way that your starter has. Heck, first year of the playoff, we saw Ohio State win the playoff with their third-string quarterback, doing basically what they did with the other two guys when Cardell Jones led them to the title. We've seen Alabama lose uh, their quarterback at times. Heck, we saw them replace their starting quarterback at halftime of a national championship game to bring in Tua and win the game a few years ago. And do what they do when they replace Jalen Hurts. There are not many schools capable of that. So when you're one of the schools that's not capable of that, it, it is hard to pivot a little because you have spent so much time tailoring what you do to the guy. We saw it with Dungy. The Orange made their offense for that guy. And it worked great for that guy. And when he got hurt, it didn't work so great no more. And the one year he didn't get hurt, they won 10 games. This year, 6-0. and Lead at halftime versus Clemson. And let's go back. Let's go back to what Dino Baber said after the Notre Dame game. When Schrader left at halftime, he said he came in with an injury. Well, if he came in with an injury, where'd he get it? Probably the Clemson game. Probably after halftime when the Orange had the 21-10 lead at the half, 21-7 lead in the second quarter. So we're saying Garrett Schrader is healthy, or healthy enough, through, let's call it halftime, or third quarter, wherever you want to call it. Who knows where he got hurt in the Clemson game, assuming that's what happened. Because the dude gets up. It's kind of hard to tell. Well, ever since then, the Orange offense has fallen off the map because it was built to accentuate the skill set of him, and it worked great. And I don't fault anybody for doing that. It's the right thing to do. The problem is when the guy's gone, it falls apart. And that's not a Syracuse thing. That's a a not top, you know, very, very, very shortlist programs in the country thing. But you don't have, and it's often the quarterback. It's not always. It could be a running back. It could be a, a defense built around a stud pass rusher or whatever, but when you lose the guy and the scheme is built around the guy, it doesn't always work with the next guy. And that's what we saw this last week. So if you're a Syracuse fan this week, I think what you're hoping for is not better game plan. It's not better scheme. It's not more Sean Tucker. It's not more Gadsden. It's not more this. It's not more that. It's Boy, Garrett Schrader, hopefully he can get healthy by Saturday. Because if he can't, and hey, guys, get hurt. But if he's not healthy or healthy enough, let's call it healthy enough, 
by Saturday to do what he does, then we saw it the last game and a half. Two and a half games, I guess, yeah. Pittsburgh, Notre Dame, back half of Clemson. We saw it. Last two and a half games. It don't look right, do it? It doesn't look right, and it doesn't look as easy as it did when it rained smoothly at points earlier in the year. And unfortunately, as great as the Orange defense has played for most of the season, they're getting worn down, you can tell. It wears on the whole team, and that's where it leaves you. And again, I I don't know if I'd handle it differently if I were the coaching staff. Like You've got your quarterback. He's proven to be a difference maker. You tailor the offense to him, and it works. You're 6-0. Sure, you can say some of the wins were lucky, but, you know, anyone who's 6-0 got lucky at some point, unless, again, you're Ohio State or Georgia, one of those teams. Clemson got lucky. Their luck ran out this week. TCU, man, they got rabbit's foot jammed down their pants all season long. But it's fun, though, isn't it? Like, the Orange were winning those games earlier. It's a blast. Especially if you're one of those teams that it doesn't happen every year. It is fun. But we've seen what happens to the Orange offense when that guy's gone. And it's not saying that uh, Schrader's a first-round draft pick. It's not saying he's the best quarterback in the league. But we can now see he's what made the offense go this year. And without him there, man, the offense didn't go very far. Did not go very far the last few weeks. Just nine points and uh, never really came close to a touchdown after the opening drive of the game. Got killed, got stuck at the goal line, lost five yards instead of gaining one on goal to go. And it turned out you'd never get that close again for the rest of the game. So uh, wishing the best for Garrett Schrader's health because without that Saturday, even though it's home, even though the Orange are 5-1 and one in the Dome this year, without Schrader in there, and with how well Florida State has been playing of late, I, I find it hard to see a path to victory. With Schrader in there, question, you got yourself a ball game. But we shall see. We shall see. Just tough one to watch this past Saturday, to watch the Orange just unable to move the football. Unable to move the football. Well, I'm going to ask uh, Adam Terry that at 2.30. Is it just on the quarterback? The offensive line is not getting any push. Uh, Adam will, will be able to dissect that better than I. will ask Adam about that. At 2.30, uh, the defensive line is getting pushed, which is the other problem. So, uh, Adam, uh, none better to break down line play than Mr. Terry. We'll do that at 2.30 with Adam. When we come back, we'll hear a little bit of Dino Babers. What did he have to say this morning at his weekly Monday press conference? He may disagree with me on the performance of the Orange defense this past week. Only gave up 19. It felt like they weren't stopping the run. The stats say maybe they were. We'll see Dino's thoughts on that and uh, life in November Football. Take a break. Come back more after this here on a Monday. We're rolling along into 315. It's QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse Sports Talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315 with Brian Higgins. Uh, that it is rolling along here on this Monday. Short show today. Women's Soups. Arch pregame. First of the year starts at 3.15. Tip time dome, 3.30. Tim Leonard will be with you for that. In the official, official, official debut of Felicia Legedjak. Men's Soups tonight, 8 o'clock Lehigh. We'll get into those games later on. Adam Terry, 10 minutes out. 
we got to get Adam to dissect the line play of the last game and dissect how Pittsburgh dissected Syracuse up front in both directions. Because uh, that, probably more than anything, uh, is what killed the Orange uh, Saturday and then not having a mobile quarterback that can make up for it or mobile in the way that he was used to. But with that, we got a little, we got a little Dino Babers from today. It's time to spin the wheel. Let's spin the wheel of Dino. We're spinning, we're spinning, we're spinning. Has anyone noticed, and it's kind of hard to based on the weather, it's November. It is November. So apparently this is a November thing, not a temperature thing for Coach Babers in the Orange. But uh, Dino, after Saturday's loss at Pittsburgh, is now 5-18 and 18 in the month of November. Uh, not ideal. Here's Dino on why. I think the biggest thing about being late in season in the ACC Atlantic is how physical the conference is. And it comes down to who you play, when you play, whether you're healthy or not healthy. Every year in November that we've been healthy, which was one year, I, I would imagine that our record was a lot better than what it was all the other years. It's kind of like the situation that happened this year when you traditionally we would play a certain university late, but we had that university early this year, and all of a sudden everybody was like, wow, okay, it's different because when you're completely healthy. Now all the other teams are getting banged up as well. You know, Pitt had injuries that popped up, obviously, that we saw. Some we knew about, some we didn't know about. But everybody has the same issues, so nobody's going to you know, play the violin for us up here. We've got to figure out a way to win with the guys that we have that are on the football field. And, uh, you know, the question for Dino and Syracuse is, okay, so it's inarguable that that is happening every year. The question is why? And why has it not been fixed? And my own theory, anyways, you're, okay, you're playing Clemson, you're playing Notre Dame. You you are playing bigger, more talented teams, and it wears you down. The answer to that question is recruiting. You need bigger people. Like, you play Clemson, your guys, uh, I'm not saying it's season-ending injuries, but your guys get ground down a bit. You don't come out of that game as healthy you went in. The orange record of the weeks after playing Clemson the last few years, even the year they beat him, is not good. Like, they, they play Clemson, and then things generally fall apart. And unfortunately, it seems to be that's what's happening again this year. Now, that was the first of what has become three straight losses. I want to say it's an excuse, but it, it feels to be the reason. You play Clemson, your guys get hurt, and then things go wrong the rest of the way. Why? Well, they have bigger, faster, stronger guys. It goes back to recruiting. And is Syracuse ever going to recruit on the level as Clemson? You know, let's be honest. No, that's not going to be the case. But you'd hope you'd be able to at least match Pittsburgh in the bigger, stronger department. And again, we'll check in with Adam here in a few minutes. We'll see what he saw out of in a line play. Because I think that stuff plays itself more out up front, right in the middle of the field than anywhere else. And kind of on the run defense. And Dino's answer to... How his run defense played, you know, different than my thought. It was kind of approached that his run defense struggled again this week, and Dino said not so fast. Once again, they did not struggle. It was 3.3 yards per rush, and they ran the ball almost every snap. And I want to say they ended up with like 161 yards. You look at the point total, the game never got out of, hand, out of range where we couldn't have an opportunity to win. The biggest thing that happened was the third down conversion rate and the time of possession with the football. 
Okay, so if we can get them off the football field on third down and get that third down percentage down, they wouldn't have had the extra opportunities to make those numbers and those stats look like that happened. Our guys did a better job versus the run. Now, now I will say this, Florida State runs the ball just as much, and it's going to be the exact same situation here Saturday night. Well, the exact same situation is not a good situation. We've seen that now for three weeks in a row. Now, the rushing numbers weren't as wild as they were with Clemson and Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson and Notre Dame in two games almost ran for as many yards as the Orange gave up on the ground in the opening six games of the year. Pitt was, they were both well over 200 yards a game. Pitt was 160 and change, but on 48 carries for 161 yards, yeah, it's 3.4 yards a carry. It is three yards and a cloud of dust. And the orange, the cloud of dust kept being first downs because 3.4 plus 3.4 plus 3.4 equals a first down. And yeah, Pitt ran the ball a lot. And it kept equaling first down after first down. And I don't think it, it and a lot of it was, you know, Izzy Abanaganda did not play in the game. Now, if he had played, whoo, oh boy, look out. That 3.4 probably would have been a higher number. But their backups were very capable of following the offensive line three yards up the field and getting the cloud of dust. And three clouds of dust is enough for the first down. And we saw that time and time and time again on Saturday afternoon in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to be interested to hear what Adam has to say about, the, you know, the line plan both sides because it felt like, you know, more than anything, and that's been the case a lot against Pittsburgh recently, more than anything that decided uh, the game and the Orange's inability to move the ball and, as Dino said, in the Orange's inability uh, to get off the field. Still to come on the show today, we'll tell you the best Orange team on campus right now. We'll do that at the end of the hour. Quick basketball talk at the beginning of the 3 o'clock hour before we get to Orange pregame for the women's game. But immediately next, last look at Saturday with Adam Terry. That's when we come back on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. All across CNY, it's the 315. Here's Brian Higgins. Here I am. We only got a few more minutes with you today. How will we make it? Kiss Women's Soup's pregame 315. Women, Stony Brook, tip at 3.30. Men, Lehigh, 8 o'clock tonight. Is it basketball season? Mm. Well, they're playing basketball games today. But I'm here to tell you what season it is. It may neither be football season or basketball season right now. Because nine of those teams, the two playing today or the one that played on Saturday, are the best orange team right now. No. And we saw the field hockey team make the NCAA tournament again uh, last night. Congrats to Ange Bradley and crew. They'll be playing Ivy League champion Princeton in the first round down in College Park. And uh, if they win that game, likely Maryland uh, later this weekend for a chance to make the Final Four. But the best team on the Orange campus played last night at home and won a cracker of a finish. It's the Orange men's soccer team. Fourth in the country in the most recent poll. Finished second in the ACC regular season. Won their division. Played their first ACC tournament game yesterday in the quarterfinals against North Carolina. And this squad that Ian McIntyre has built and the job that Ian McIntyre has done over the course of the last decade is amazing. The guy does not get 
the widespread credit that he deserves for what he has done with that program. He's been to the College Cup before the Final Four. He has won the ACC tournament before. Again, we're in Syracuse. We're not down south. We're normally. That is what goes on. But last night, this team now 13-2-3. They've only conceded more than one goal once this year. Defense is outstanding. Goalie of Maryland transfer, Russell Shealy, is outstanding. And it all kind of came together yesterday. The game is scoreless into the 86th minute. Orange kind of took control of the game over the last 20 minutes. Couldn't get anything in the net, though. It is soccer, after all. And then uh, this late play happened. Scoreless. North Carolina's got a corner. And it went the other way real fast. Senior Cameron Fisher off the corner. It's parried straight down by Russell Shealy. Early distribution. It's a foot race now. It's a chance here. It's Levante Johnson. He's gotten turned. Johnson trying to get into the box. He scores. Unbelievable. Levante Johnson has put Syracuse up 1-0. And the celebration is on for the Orange. And and go seek out the video of that if you can, because it was... (laughs) An unbelievable play. One by Sheely. He he grabbed the corner and just drilled it down the field. Like, where's this dude kicking it? I mean, he drilled it like 50 yards down the field. And Levante Johnson took it, went one-on-one, twisted his defender around in a circle, and put it between the goalie's legs. It was a spectacular uh, play. But uh, a shout-out to the men's soccer team right now because they're going to be one of the top seeds in the NCAA tournament. They're at home on Wednesday early evening of 5 o'clock kickoff against West Virginia in the ACC semis. They got a chance uh, to win their second ever ACC tournament and a legit chance for sure. Duke and Wake Forest is the other semifinal. But man, it was a, a spectacular goal. I, I really That was the ACC Network audio from last night. So go go find the pictures. Go to the uh, M Sock is the Twitter page. They got it posted. Go, go find it somewhere. Watch that goal. It was uh, really cool. But uh, congrats to Ian McIntyre and the whole squad. A a college coach that is going to have two, and if not for Miles Robinson's injury, would have had three starters in the upcoming World Cup for a college coach. Like like, That doesn't happen in men's soccer. They're doing a spectacular job. Last few years were rough by their standards, but now they're back to the the high-water mark they had a a few years back and a, a chance to make a legit run at a national championship this year and another ACC championship. So a great win last night, and they'll have a home game coming up on Wednesday and uh, certainly uh, home games early in the NCAA tournament as well. With that, we'll take a break, come back with our final hour, quick wrap, and tee you up for women's basketball tip time 3.30 in the Dome today. We're back after this. It's the 315 on QSportsTalk.com and ESPN Radio.